Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. first and goal i guess this is the first regular season podcast of the year maybe it's like the that weird in between limbo spot between the preseason and regular season either way i'm here to talk patriots the final roster is done thank goodness we can finally stop speculating we have the 53 we have the practice squad some interesting moves rich hill to talk about today but oh, yeah. first, as decorum always dictates i have to ask how you doing I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm a little bit of an emotional wreck because okay. my, my child went to preschool, uh, pre-K three for the first time ever. Wow. And uh, I don't know folks who have been following this. We've been doing this since, uh, I want to say it was 2016 mm-hmm. is the time that you and I started doing our podcast together. And so a lot of life changes o- over the past near the decade. Um, but, uh, you know, big life move. But I'm also just excited that that's done. <laughs> All the tears are out of the way, mostly right. mine, and I can turn to focus towards this season. Good. I have to ask before we talk about football, uh, are cubbies still a thing, and does your child have a cubby? Yeah, he has a cubby, and uh, his teacher, they do like home visits, which is wild, uh, but they came here just to, like talk, ease the transition, so they have a face that they know before the school year starts, and my son gave his teacher a little toy dinosaur to bring back to the school, so when he showed up on day one, his little dinosaur was in his cubby. He was pumped about it. Great move. Uh, you know, one, one of the all-time uh, great decisions I can imagine a teacher doing, so he, he had a great first day after having that uh, dinosaur long brontosaurus waiting for him in there which isn't actually a dinosaur if y'all <laughs> didn't know that it's not huh. really a thing <laughs> it's a great move man and my parents just dumped me off and said have fun kid and i was just kind of <laughs> thrown, thrown through the door that's, yeah. i guess things have changed for the better over the yeah. years so that's good to see you here good for you <laughs> proud parent moment rock on uh speaking of getting dumped off and just left on your own that's a good hey. issue with any <laughs> the patriots <laughs> roster cuts that were made that was greasy yeah over, uh, over the last couple of days, the Patriots are down to 53. Like we said, we've been following very closely who's going to get cut, who's not. The 53 is here. The practice squad is here. They've established it. There were some surprise moves. There were no, in my personal opinion, like wildly surprise moves along the Lawyer Malloy trade or the Logan yep. Mankins cut or anything along those lines. But um, there definitely were some moves. But before we talk about the actual surprise cut, surprise makes, just overall, Rich, first and goal, first down question for you. How do you feel about the roster right now? Looking at it top to bottom, are you confident? Are you wary? Are you optimistic? What's your overall impression of the roster that stands right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the things that stand out, they're already starting to rectify a little bit. You know, everyone who's followed the Patriots know that, you know, whatever the initial 53-man roster looks like, there's going to be another 10 changes before the opening game. And, you know, the most obvious one was that Mac Jones was the only quarterback on the roster. They they signed Matt Corral off of waivers, so they're looking forward to having him in the room. Um, But the other things that stand out, only two running backs with Ramondre and Ezekiel Elliott. So that's very unlikely to be the case once the opening game starts. Uh, Jasicki and Henry, the only two tight ends. Feels like they're going to be elevating tight ends uh, as they need based off of the players that are injured. But the other areas are, you know, it seems like the roster is still set up for more movement. There's too many offensive linemen. There's too many defensive front players. And there's too many defensive backs. And it seems like uh, the players that were like, is this person going on the IR? Maybe, maybe not. Riley Reef, you know, is dealing with injury. Uh, the way that the Patriots traded for and acquired Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Uh, and Vidarian Lowe makes it seem like the Patriots have some sort of a longer-term plan for this positional group. Uh, but there's still uncertainty as to, you know, do they have to put Reef on the IR? Is he someone that can come back in a week or two? Is this just going to be like hold him out for a couple practices and he'll be okay? It seems like the team's still sussing out what do they actually need? And so they have some flexibility. They've stashed running backs on the practice squad with Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery. Uh, they've stashed tight ends with Matt Sokol and Farrow Brown, who they signed off uh, you know, after the roster cuts. So they have players that they can elevate, that they can bring up, that are familiar with the system. And so right now we are in a holding pattern. And uh, you know, I'm not too concerned. I think overall there were not a lot of surprises, so I'm pretty comfortable with where the roster is because it's kind of where I thought it would be. Yeah, I think for me, this year especially, more than years past, is very indicative of the kind of the, the switch from the multiple cutdown days to one big cutdown day. Yep. Uh, I don't think this is the Patriots roster. As they would have approached it this year, they would have done in years past. They had other times to bring guys in and cut guys kind of sporadically. But the one big cut day kind of showed its ugly head here. Uh, again, it, it's interesting in that they decided to put guys on the practice squad the way they did because practice squad players are not safe. They can get signed off by other teams. So they obviously feel the players that did practice squad, if they get signed away by other squads, then then fair enough. Uh, the abundance of beef along the offensive line does <laughs> have me a bit concerned personally. A, we've seen some poor offensive line play all preseason. And I feel like when you're in a scenario, it's like the fantasy football situation where if you have like six running backs on your roster, you have no running backs on your roster because you don't know who to start. You have no bona fide plug and play starters. You have to kind of go matchup based. And so it leads me to believe they still have no clue what's happening along the offensive line. And a lot of the guys on there, if I had to guess, also will not be there maybe week one. They'll be filtering in and off. Uh, But yeah, I think the big shocker for me, uh, we'll go to second down. Second down is the big shocker for me is just the lack of a quarterbacks on the roster. There was all this talk about who's the number one quarterback. Is Zappi going to usurp? Has Malik Cunningham come in and take? And they both they both got cut uh, in true Billichek fashion. And no one really thought. Yeah, I really thought they'd keep three tight ends on the active roster. I really did. There's some injury concerns. I really figured they'd do more than Gusecki and and Hunter Henry. They'd have uh, Matt, Matt Sokol might, might might make it or something like that. But uh, just didn't happen. They have tight ends on the practice squad, but yeah. I really figured three tight ends would be there and maybe a little less linemen. So that those are my big shockers. Who are your surprises? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Zappy move is the biggest and probably only surprise. I mean, if we go up and down the team, like players release Ty Montgomery and J.J. Taylor at running back, not really surprised by that. Uh, Montgomery hasn't really been able to play all offseason. And J.J. Taylor is in the same spot he was last year. Kevin Harris also 
I mean, we talked about this last time. He did not perform well during the preseason. The fact that they traded Pierre Strong, in my mind, is the biggest surprise of what happened uh, of all the moves that the Patriots did at that running back spot. But, you know, Lee Cunningham, Rally Webb, Thyric Pitts, Sokol and Fersker at tight end. None of those are players that I thought would really make the roster or aren't players that I think would make or break the roster. They're players that I was like, you know, if they beat out a mere speed to be the 53rd man on the roster, sure, I guess you need depth. But none of them are players where I'm like, oh, my goodness, that player I expected to contribute. Offensive line, again, James Ferentz, Jason Hines, Cody Russi, Bill Murray, Andrew Stuber. None of those are players that I thought would make the roster. Jeremiah Farms, Ronnie Perkins, Calvin Munson, Joe Giles Harris, players on that uh, defensive front. Again, not players I thought any of them would really contribute. Munson did really well in that final preseason game, but uh, he's not someone that I thought would really win a roster spot. And they have him on the practice squad. He's likely going to elevate at some point during the regular season because that's what happened last year. And then Joshua Bledsoe might be considered a surprise, but in reality, there's just so much safety depth ahead of them. I'm also not surprised by that move. Uh, Perhaps the biggest one uh, that they traded Nick Folk to the Titans, um, but that's also because Chad Ryland won that starting job. So no actual surprises. The thing for me that I feel like is uh, teeth clenching is Ronnie Perkins, 2021 third round pick. That's just such a disappointment. I I think that we've been seeing an ongoing issue with players becoming contributors. And like there's, uh, you know, young players being drafted. We, we talked about, you know, uh, Taekwon Thornton being way over drafted uh, in the second round of his draft. He's on the IR. He was clearly outplayed by Demario Douglas and Keishon Boutte. So very unlikely that Thornton will actually contribute this year uh, should everyone remain healthy. But I, I think Perkins, third round pick, Following in the footsteps of Geno Grisham of one of those former Oklahoma third round, uh, you know, edge linebacker hybrids that doesn't actually do anything for the Patriots. Um, I, I, I feel like that is one where I'm like, why, why with that draft capital? That's a little disappointing for him to already be not on the roster. Yeah. Also, we're talking about former draft picks who don't quite make it. Uh, rough look for the 2022 draft class right now, Rich Hill. Uh, right now from 2022, we have Cole Strange, who hasn't really seen the field at all. We have Tyquan Thornton, who's on the IR. Marcus Jones, all right, good pick, slot corner, punt returner. Jack Jones had brought a gun on a plane. Uh, Pierre Strong is gone. Bailey Zappi's on the practice squad. Kevin Harris on the practice squad. Sam, Sam Roberts made it. And then Chase and Hines and Andrew Stuber are no longer on the team. That's just not a good draft class overall. Still time for some of the guys to turn it around in their life or on the field. But um, – yeah, look, obviously they had some hits in the past couple of years, so we're excited about the the good guys. But yeah, it's been a couple of couple of rough, rough seasons in the Patriots draft flies. Hopefully Mac Jones will be the diamond in the rough that we all need to kind of get it going. Uh, but you talked about running backs, Rich Hill, and how we only have two on the roster right now, Zeke yep. and Ramondre Stevenson. I agree with you that there will be elevations because I just don't see Ezekiel. I mean, he's he's a good pass blocker, he's a very good uh pass catcher. But I wouldn't put him as like a third down back. I would not group him in there with like Shane Vereen and Danny Woodhead. So if they're going to have a true third down back, is it still going to be Ty Montgomery? Am I still like crazy clinging to the Ty Montgomery train, thinking he's going to be a contributor to this team? Is Kevin Harris the guy? I just don't really see a, a true third down back on this roster right now. Yeah, and there isn't one. Um, you know, they, they don't have J.J. Taylor on the practice squad right now. He's the likely only player that fit that mold. Um, so – in all honesty, 
I don't think they are going to have one. We saw how much of an issue it was last year when Mac Jones did not have that safety outlet on third down. And in particular, with an offensive line that is in such bad shape, he's going to need a check down option. He absolutely will. And I am wondering if Bill O'Brien will have other forms of ways to drop the ball into the hands of a waiting receiver very quickly that does not rely on a running back uh, on a wheel route or something like that, or, you know, catching it in the flat, because also that's not a way to run an offense. And so I'm not necessarily uh, looking for a exact third down back to be the savior of this roster. It is surprising that there isn't one, but the fact that both Ramondre and Ezekiel Elliott can function in that way makes me think that this team is moving a little bit towards, uh, you know, if you have a backfield full of Rex Burkheads of players that can run catch and block, that's solid. That, that gives you a little bit more of an advantage on offense where the defense can't tee up based off of what they're expecting. And that was one of my biggest issues with the Josh McDaniels offenses in the later years is that teams knew with very strong certainty three out of four times that you had a player like Shane Vereen on the field. It was going to be a pass play three out of four times. They had Stephen Ridley. It was going to be a run play. And that was true when you had like Garrett Blunt in the backfield. It was true all the way through. And so the fact that they have running backs that can do it all means that opposing defenses can't just tee up on their blocks and say, I'm going to run downhill and get the running back because I see so-and-so in the backfield. And uh, I, I think the team does need to have a little bit more help in the backfield, obviously. I also think that running backs are some of the more fungible players in the entire league. There's definitely going to be a lot of movement, a lot of players through the cutdowns that could step in. Uh, remains to be seen who is actually available uh, versus who are you know temporary cuts that are just stashes until the IR moves are done and they'll rejoin the roster. Um, but for right now, I'm not too concerned. I'm sure that they'll find someone that can contribute at least as that third down back, even if it's uh, you know Ty Montgomery gets healthy enough to start playing. I'll tell you, man, it's a weird notion. A Bill Belichick run offense just doesn't have a third down back anymore. It's just yeah. a weird thing because literally, it's literally been every single year since he's been on the team, starting with Kevin Falk all the way up. But, yeah, it's a really good point you make about the NFL offense is shifting enough to maybe like a third down back is no longer a viable waste of roster spot. You know, I think we've seen conversations throughout the offseason about running backs and their value and trying to get their contracts. And, um, you know, Matt Millen from the, the Lions fans, like they're just very expendable right now. It's no really not worth wasting money on them. And it's a harsh reality, but it's true as the league gets more and more into a passing league if you can have a running back who's good between the tackles but can catch as well and is like a third down first down goal line back hybrid that's probably better than like an every down kind of adrian peterson guy uh sad day for smash mouth football but uh interesting in terms of just how the the evolution of the game continues now belichick always seems to be able to adjust with the times but I guess we'll see, man. I mean, we got the regular seasons right around the corner. Uh, I don't want to talk any more about the roster as it stands, or we can move on to uh, maybe an early regular season kind of preview. Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, third down coming up. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. 
Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV-based plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription news. Cancel anytime. All right, Rich. Third and goal. Regular season kicks off next Sunday at 425 or 415 p.m. Eastern. Patriots are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. This is an interesting schedule, Michelle. We've talked about it all offseason. We can finally break it down for real in terms of the actual games. This is a very hard one to call at this stage, in my personal opinion. All 17 games, there's a couple of gimmies, but those are always the ones they lose. There are a couple of easy losses. They always seem to win those. Um, What are your early thoughts on the season? Do you have any kind of thought about the regular season record? I I can see him going anywhere between like six wins and and 12 wins. I I can see him going either way. So maybe you can kind of help clarify my my muddled mind on where this season is going to end up. Yeah, well, lucky for you, I have all the answers. As, as all folks right. who have followed us over the years, uh, I've gotten every single game prediction right. <laughs> I've never once made a single incorrect prediction. So I got y'all here covered. Um, I think that this Patriots team, just looking at this this upcoming schedule, uh, will pretty precisely win between 0 and 17 games. That's, oh. that's my hot take. All right. um, and honestly, it's one where I, I think the offensive line is as how this team is going to go. You know, last year there was that big question of like, will Mac Jones develop or not? And Matt Patricia threw a giant wrench into that. Um, But the thought was, you know, had a strong rookie campaign. How well will the Patriots perform in Mac Jones' second year? Was going to be about Mac Jones and his growth and his elevation. And that got stunted. I have more hope for him this year than I did last year. I think that he can perform back at at least that rookie level production, if not better, Uh, has to be better. But like, at least at that level. But the biggest issue with this team's success is going to be how this offensive line produces and how long will they be out for? And will it change how the Patriots play their offense because of how Bill Belichick approaches the season of first four games, figure out what we can do next four games, figure out what we should do based off of that. And then for the final eight or nine games, you know, once the season changed, figuring out how can we get so good at it that we can do it on our own terms. And for the first four weeks of this season, hosting the Eagles, that's a hard one. Hosting the Dolphins, potential win because it's not in Miami. If it was in Miami, I'd say not a chance. But then they're on the road against the Jets and then they're on the road against the Cowboys. That's a very hard opening slate for this season. I am not expecting them to start 4-0. I am not expecting them to go 3-1 and one over that stretch. If they come out of that, that opening slate 2-2, two and two, I'll feel a lot better about their, uh, you know, their longer-term outlooks because, one, Cole Strange and Michael Nwainu, who have missed pretty much the entire preseason, will be in a better state, hopefully, that we'll know, okay, they're fully integrated into the offensive line. We're not trying to ease them back in like I'm expecting them to do, at least against the Eagles and if not against the Dolphins. But those two players are going to have to get eased back into that starting lineup with David Andrews in the middle. That will go a long way to making this team and this offensive line look good if the interior has their expected starters. The questions come at that tackle spot. 
where there have been turnstiles. Trent Brown has been extraordinarily underwhelming at uh, left tackle throughout the preseason. It's been very disappointing to see. He's been, you know, historically a very good right tackle uh, for the Patriots, but he's also like played good left tackle as well. And so to see him come out there and be inconsistent is not what the team needs. They need to be able to count on him because there's not a lot else. Uh, Calvin Anderson reactivated, but not someone who has had a lot of uh, playing time or practice time this offseason. Darian Lowe, new to the team. Tyrone Wheatley, new to the team. City South, rookie who looked bad. Like not just, uh, you know, inexperienced, but he looked like if you put him out there, Mac Jones would be running for his life. That is not good. And then Reef is injured. And so for them not to have a right tackle, that is going to be a big question mark that hopefully over the first four weeks of the season, we'll be able to settle into an offensive line. And so if they can go two and two, at least over those first opening weeks, then I imagine everything else falling into a place, but that offensive line needs to settle in first. No, that's a really good point. It's funny. I'm thinking, I think two and two through the first four weeks is always a good goal. I mean, four and oh, yeah. obviously, but if you can be out of that first September two and two, I think you're, you're in decent shape. I'm for some reason thinking, I don't know which one yet. I, hopefully it's the latter, uh, one and three or three and one, honestly. I can see them stealing a win against the Philadelphia Eagles. If this game happened in like October, November, probably not. But week one at home, you never know. Anything can go there. I'll take the home field advantage there. And I think Miami, they can win that one easily. Prime time. Mac Jones will get a prime time. They're home again. Uh, at the New York Jets, I have no clue which Jets team is going to show up. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're the early Jets when before everything collapses. That tends to happen. And the Cowboys are an absolute question mark to me. I don't know what they can what they bring to the table. I can see them losing or winning that game. So I can see them beating three of these teams or losing to three of these teams so easily. Uh, and I think if they're one and three to start the year, I don't think they're dead in the water. But that's a really tough hole to, to dig out of. I think we'll know a lot more come October, which sees a couple interesting games as well, Rich. It's the Saints. It's at the Raiders. It's home yep. against the Bills. And then we're going back to the Dolphins on a pretty, pretty quick turnaround. How about those four games? You, you confident there at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they can beat the Saints. This is a not a good Saints roster. I think the Raiders game is one that they could, in theory, win. But that one's going to be hard, too. I, I put that game on the same level as playing against the Dolphins and the Jets in the sense that they, these are all cusp of wildcard teams. Like those are games where could go either way because I put the Patriots in that same bucket. So go 50-50 on those ones. The Bills game, it's at home. I would say that the Patriots lose that game three out of four times. Um, But then on the road to Miami, I mean, obviously that's cursed. Like there's not a chance in the world the Patriots win in Miami. Not because the Dolphins are a better team by any measure, but because I have zero expectation of a Patriots team ever going down to Miami (laughs) and winning it, uh, especially in the first couple months of the season. Maybe in the later parts where things go wacky, but at the beginning of the season, I'm expecting that to all of a sudden be 110 degrees and the Patriots just to look just absolutely wiped. Yeah, no, they always will uh, until, you know, like that's one thing that drove me nuts about the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era, how the same thing would happen every single season. And the next season, they completely ignore history and assume something new is going to happen this year. Uh, until the Patriots start winning in Miami consistently, I will always chalk it up with a loss with the occasional win in there as a nice blessing. So that's an interesting first half of the season, Rich Hill. Uh, then we have home against the Commanders. Then we are against the Indianapolis Colts in Germany, and then a bye week, and then it's the Giants, and then it's the Chargers. Uh, The Chargers, much like the Patriots at Miami, until the Chargers show they can beat the Patriots, I'm always going to chalk that one up as a win. I feel like the Colts game would be a win under any circumstance besides going to Germany to play at 930 in the morning, so that could be a toss-up. Washington should be an easy win, and the Giants, I think they're very beatable as well. So the real question mark for me is the Colts game, could the time change and the travel mess everything up? 
And are the Chargers finally over the hump this year? But otherwise, that could easily be a 4-0 stretch for me. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting the Patriots to at least be six and four, if not seven and three going into that bye week. That'd be my expectation. If they come in at, uh, you know, five and five, I consider that a disappointment. Cause like, as you said, the commanders and like likely even the Colts game, those should be wins. If they don't win those, then we're in big trouble. I mean, you, you look at how the Patriots schedule was last year. There was a few games that like they were bellwether games. If the fact that they didn't beat the Raiders was like, Oh, Okay, this is a bad team, huh? This this is not just not a this is not a competitive team. This is a bad team, and I, I think if the Patriots are struggling against the Commanders and the Colts, especially at this part of the season, it's over. It's over. Um, I, I'm expecting with this Commanders Colts by uh, Giants Chargers one, a three and one stretch. Uh, you know, and and to get to this point, um, if, if they're you know, uh, you know six and four plus those two you know additional games, if, if they're coming out of that. Uh, uh, what eight and four at that point seven and five i think that they're in as good of a spot as you can expect going into the home stretch of the season and what a home stretch of the season it is rich hill they are at the steelers they're three straight primetime games at steelers yep. home against the chiefs at denver also house of horrors for patriots historically yep. at buffalo at one o'clock in on new year's eve and then tbd they're home against the jets to close out the season for what could be the final wild card spot could be yep. a meaningless game for both teams they've got that tbd because of that um that is going to be a murderer's row i think of games yep. that will really on the plus side will give the patriots a lot of momentum coming into the postseason or really help out their draft stock in in april so, <laughs> um i don't know I, i'm i'm not overly confident about any of these games in that they can definitely win them maybe pittsburgh they can take Pittsburgh's not not great, but um, that could easily. I, and looking at this, that could be an zero and five finish the season, like no problem. Yeah, it's going to be a hard stretch. It's also one where, from a uh, predicting the future standpoint, so much can happen between now and the end of the season. Maybe someone emerges. Keishawn Boutte is going to be, uh, you know, rookie of the year kind of a thing for the Patriots. Maybe injuries happen. Hopefully not. But yeah, I mean, they could go zero and five on that one. There's not a chance in the world that they go five and zero. I think a four and one stretch there would also be pushing it. I mean, we got the the Chiefs and the Bills there. Those are those are losses. There's yeah. no way that the Patriots come out and beat them, um, unless you know the offensive line looks incredible, and then maybe they have a chance against the Bills. Maybe very unlikely. Um, but three and two. During that stretch, possible, just as likely two and three. Um, so I, I would put them in that range. Uh, I, I don't expect them to go 0 and 5. If they do, then uh, you got to blow this team up and start over because this is, there's, it's not worth salvaging, sell it for parts and start over. Um, but I would say that at that point, uh, you know, likely at that Jets game, they'll probably still be playing for their wild card lives at that point. And I think that I would trust the Patriots to win that one, especially in New England. Yeah, and I can see them beating the Steelers. I can see them beating the Broncos and the Jets. Those are very, very winnable games. Also very, very losable games. But as you mentioned, who knows who's even healthy at that point? Maybe everything's a disaster and this whole thing is moot. But uh, as the rosters all stand across the NFL right now, I yeah. think 3-2 and two is probably the ceiling for this team. 5-0 and oh is impossible. And 0-5, oh and I think it's possible, but <laughs> um, probably not. Like Maybe like 1-4. and four. Maybe they beat the Jets as like a, a final like – drowning man stab screw you kind of thing um, <laughs> but you know again like i, I think that are, are 11 wins feasible for this team 100 are 12 wins fees i think they could, they could probably win 12 13 games i don't think that's a, a homer pie in the sky prediction uh i think probably more in the 9 to 11 range and yeah. uh, on the low end maybe like a 
five to six range wins if things really, really go wrong for him. I would be shocked. Like I would be as shocked if they won five or six games as if they were to win 12 or 13 games. I think the the nine to 11 wins is uh, something that would be a good season. An eight and nine season uh, would be one that I wouldn't be totally surprised by. I would expect it to be on the backs of losing a few of those 50, 50 games that they probably should win. Um, but that's also, you know, the Patriots are firmly in that tier of the league where they're not a great team. They are a hopefully competent average team. And these teams are the ones that vie for the wildcard spots that make or break their seasons off of those one score games and who is more disciplined. And this is where they've been ever since Tom Brady left uh, uh, with, you know, that one year exception where they let the salary caps kind of explode. Um, And so I, I think this Patriots team, if I were to bet, I would say, 10 and seven as a very strong part of the year, nine and eight would be where I would expect, you know, them to fall one of those two. Um, but they're going to be on the cusp of being a wild card team this year. They are. I think they are too. I think making the wild card and winning wild card round is, would be a great result for me. Uh, maybe they get really hot and they make it to the divisional mm-hmm. round or the AFC championship, but I, I they're not going to bowl this year. I think if they can get Mac Jones a playoff win under his belt and make a yep. game of it in the divisional round, I think that would be a really nice finish for this team. A lot more development for the young guys, a couple of real studs we can be promised, we can be excited about for 2023 and beyond, or 2024 yep. and beyond. I think that would be a, a good ceiling for this team. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs and it's one of those third tiebreaker things, like or if it was a situation where they were like one or two – again, it's easy to forget. There was the Hunter-Henry catch, non-catch against the Vikings – there were the Ramondre Stevenson fumble on the goal line against the Bengals and whatever the hell happened in the desert against the Raiders. That's 11 wins. They, they easily yep. could have had. So it's not like they were an absolute disaster last year, despite the fact that they were an absolute disaster. Last year. <laughs> so, and there's always that one game they should totally win that they lose. Yep. And there's always that one game they should totally lose that they win. So those kind of cancel each other out. So yeah, I mean, I'll take 10 and seven in a divisional round appearance all day for 2023. Yeah. And uh, the big thing that I'll want to see is progress. That's all. Like I'm I'm not expecting this to be the year that they start contending for the Super Bowl again. If they give me hope over the first half of the season that they could bring in a top 10 offense and the defense is as good as it's been over the past 3 to 4 years under Steve Belichick, I mean, I'm not going to expect them to win, but they could contend. This this uh, we've talked about this before. If the Patriots have a top 7 offense in the league, top 8 offense, they can be a Super Bowl contender if their defense remains as good as it's been. That's just how it works. They they don't need to have the best offense in order to win. They need to have a an above average, consistently very good offense to contend with an elite defense. And if they show us that, maybe I'll sing a different tune. I'm not expecting that right now, especially with the current state of the offensive line. And you know, if if we can see ongoing improvement from Mac Jones over the course of the season, where I feel like by week 16, 17, okay, he's taking a leap. Then I'll feel a lot better heading into 2024 because that's really where I think this team will uh, be able to start contending more, uh, especially as the Bills, the Chiefs, they're going to start hitting salary cap decisions. Travis Kelsey will be another year older. Stephon Diggs will be another year older. They're going to have to figure out how can they revitalize their teams after this you know, five-year window that they've had. 
Patriots are not at that current point. And so they'll be able to reinsert themselves into the conversation. So if we're seeing signs of improvement that Mac Jones is going to be the guy, not just a potential guy, then uh, I'll have a lot of hope for the future and I'll call the season a success. No, for sure. I always said 2021. I'm on record. There are receipts of this. I said 2021 is the first year of a three-year rebuild. This is year three of the rebuild. So next year I got to pay up. The check's going to come. But yeah, (laughs) here we'll see what happens. Let's move on to fourth goal. Fourth and goal. Fourth down. Some potential fun ones, some awards I'm going to hand out, or preemptive awards to hand out for the Patriots in yep. 2023. Who is your offensive and defensive MB3, M- MVP this year, Rich? Yeah, my offensive MVP is going to be Ramondre Stevenson, uh, hands down. Like I, I think that uh, the offense will go as Mac Jones goes. Uh, if, if he's able to build his rapport, if, if uh, Kendrick Bourne is able to have a rebound season and be the player that we all know he can be if he's given the opportunities – I'll be thrilled if Hunter Henry can do what he did uh, two years ago and just be a double digit touchdown guy. I don't need a thousand yard receiver from him. I just need a reliable red zone threat. If the uh, passing game can be what it is great. The MVP will be Ramondre Stevenson because he is uh, reliable because he's consistent because we know what we're going to get from him because he was nearly a 1500 yard player from scrimmage last year. And so if he's able to come back out again and be, you know, he was had a thousand yards on the ground, 400 through the air. If he's able to replicate that and maybe score a little bit more and get more than six touchdowns, able to break free. He's able to improve his reliability as a pass blocker. And also his, uh, his production as a receiver was not very efficient. He got a lot of opportunities. He's one of the top targets out there. We talked about this. They don't have a third down back. He's going to get more opportunities as a receiver. If he's able to be more efficient with those and replicate his success on the ground, we're looking at a 1,600, 1,700-yard player, even with Ezekiel Elliott there, and hopefully a double-digit scorer. He can be someone that can take the pressure off of Mac Jones, especially as Bill O'Brien integrates the the run play option. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot more play action passes than we've seen over the past few years. That will make it so there will be a little bit more breathing room for Mac Jones with a weak offensive line or developing offensive line, whatever it is. The success of Ramondre Stevenson will alleviate a lot of pressure off of Mac Jones and will hopefully make the entire offense seem a little bit more successful uh, just by giving them someone that they can count on. Makes sense. Defensive MVP, who you got? Yeah, uh, there's going to be a few. I mean, obviously the easy one is Matthew Judon. I'm expecting a lot out of him, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Duggar. The The biggest reason is the uh, change between last year to this year is the loss of Devin McCourty. That's the only player that is missing from this. Kyle Duggar is the heir. He is the most talented member of this Patriots uh, safety group. And, you know, until Christian Gonzalez continues to develop, Duggar is the best player in the secondary overall. And he's in a contract year. He has performed last year, hugely forward. They counted on him to just continue to grow and he has done it in spades. I would not be surprised if he put together an all pro campaign. He's that good of a player. He's been that consistent. He's that reliable. He's a thumper. He can cover. He's got speed. He can force turnovers. He is someone that I'm expecting the Patriots to build their secondary around. And I'm expecting a huge year out of him. I'm expecting a huge year for the Patriots defense overall. And I would point towards Duggar as being the engine of that success. Love it. I'm going to do a real wild card. I'm going to think Jalen Mills is going to have an awesome Mm. Awesome I like that. 
Uh, really promising preseason. I think he's really going to come into zone as a safety. I think he's going to have a really turn some heads this year. Uh, could be off on that one, but uh, like me, some Jalen Mills this year. All right, another one. Mac Jones over under thirty five hundred passing yards and twenty five touchdowns. Uh, oof. Uh, I I want to go with the over on those, which is sad um, <laughs> that I'm hesitating on it. He had thirty eight hundred passing yards as a rookie. I would be surprised if he didn't eclipse that again this year. You know, he missed three games last year. He would have likely eclipsed it again this year if he were healthy uh, or last year if he were healthy. So I would say over on the 35, would he hit 4,000 up in the air? I That'd be a harder one for me to choose on, but I would say the over on the 3,500 for the 25 touchdown passes. I don't feel great on that one. Uh, that is one that if he comes in at 24, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's an improvement over last year. I that's the the low hopes I have uh for that one just because I feel like we've been burned. I feel like the Patriots have not had good uh passing scores, but also uh ever since Gronkowski uh, left the Patriots, the Patriots have not been big red zone scorers. They've been really ineffective uh down in the red zone. I'm hoping that Hunter Henry can resolve that. I'm hoping that uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott can provide some of that through the on the ground. And in my mind, that's why uh, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a terrible red zone scoring team. But I think that if they do score in the red zone, they're going to rely on the ra- the ground game. And so I'd say Mac Jones on the under for 25 scores, but not because they're bad, but because the running backs are the ones scoring. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if Mac Jones has to throw for 4,000 yards, I think it's probably like the sign of a failed season, to be honest yeah. with you. This team is not built. This is not the 07 Patriots or the 2015 Broncos, or this is just their 2013, whatever it was. This is not a team that's going to be passing the ball a lot. Um, they're just going to be running the ball, clock management, the dink and dunk offense that works so well. Uh, I'd like to tell – all I hope is that Mac Jones has – I think it was last year he had like 14 TDs and 11 yep. interceptions. I think something yep. like that. If he throws 20 touchdowns and 10 picks, two to one ratio is, is perfect for me. Um, not going to ask him to do a whole lot. I want to see him get a better candidate of the offense and, and do, and do good things. Um, last question I asked for you, Rich. Uh, if I were to say my offensive MVP last year running away was Nick Folk, unfortunately. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. How much, I guess, Chad Ryland, will he be, we, we have our recap at the end of the season Will Chad Ryland be in the conversation for offensive MVP? And will we be lamenting yet another special teams gaffe in the 2023 season? Know that he won't be in the running for MVP on offense because I think that there will be good offensive players. I think that there is an offensive playbook that truly, uh, I I think some of my favorite sound bites over the course of this off season have just been the, the not even subtle digs at Matt Patricia around, you know, Mac Jones being like, it's nice to be coached or uh, like Kendrick Bourne being like, you can really tell that there are plays here. <laughs> like, I can see that there's now a strategy. And that was something that has been missing, uh, especially under uh, Matt Patricia. And so I, I'm excited for there to actually be a, you know, offensive structure. Maybe they won't be elite, but at least there'll be a sense of, oh, I see what they were doing. That was the biggest issue last year. That The unconscionably unacceptable things were when, uh, you know, the the drops of the quarterback, like how many steps they were taking did not align with the routes that the receivers were running. That disconnect will hopefully not be a thing. And so I'm expecting there to at least be some player on offense performing. Now, will Chad Ryland be good? I think he'll be fine. 
I'm not expecting Justin Tucker out there. I'm not expecting Goskowski. I'm expecting him to be as good as Folk has been uh, with some added value as someone who can be given opportunities to try on kicks more than 42 yarders. Like that's all they need. That, that would be a big game changer. A lot of the issues we've seen, Oh, you know, talking about one score games earlier is that they couldn't even give Nick Folk the opportunity to try those or, you know, uh, what it was against the bucks two years ago uh, when Mac Jones was a rookie that they like, they just settled. They didn't even let Mac Jones have the opportunity to go down the field, but then they put out Nick Folk for like a 47 yarder or whatever it was. And it was just like, no, you're not setting up your team for success. Like you don't have a kicker who can even make that. That's not a good, that's not a good coaching decision. And to have a kicker who could theoretically make it opens up opportunities a little bit more, changes your ability to be a little bit more aggressive. So I think that Ryland will help the team overall, even if at the end of the day, he's not scoring more points than Folk. Third point, will they have issues on special teams? Yeah, that'll wow. happen. Like the 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 one game where they played the Bills, where uh, Demar uh, you know was after Demar Hamlin, and the Bills just returned two kicks for scores, put the the nail in the Patriots season. I'm chalking that one up to the football gods. That's one where it's like I ain't even mad. That's yeah. one where you know, good for you, Bills fans. Good for you all. That is the game, and cool. I'm expecting Patriots to have at least like one snafu on special teams, but last year's special teams unit was the worst of the Bill Belichick era. I am not expecting that. I'm expecting them to be again an above average unit overall. Yeah, well, it's funny. Last last year, it was I, I've never had to work so hard in my life as a wannabe Patriots analyst than last season. <laughs> you and I would just hop on and be like, "We I had not, I never had anything new to say. They just did the same it was thing. Just sad, it was sad, and it was just like run for two yards, incompletion, sack, punt, interception, three and out, field goal. Yep, and that, that was all we like. I'm I'm not I'm not good enough at football analysis to like. <laughs> Find the, the 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 X's and O's in there. So I'm glad that I'm already feeling better about just selfishly. I think our job is easier this year because yep. they're probably going to win games and lose games in interesting ways that I can actually talk about with you instead of coming on here to this podcast and being like, well, they they lost again. Uh, <laughs> Mac Jones was sacked six times and they couldn't get anything going on offense. Anything you want to add? No? Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> have a good one. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of have a good one, Rich, I think that's a good way good way to end it. Uh, a lot of optimism. I'm psyched to come back on with you next time, Patriots first and goal, to actually talk about a game that matters. Patriots hosting the Eagles 425. I'm excited about it. Uh, any any final thoughts from you? Nope, that's all I got. Until next time, Alex, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya.